A pimp with a song in his heart. Is there any other kind? But can DJ get Whoop That Trick onto a demo tape for the world to hear? Today on Hip Hop Movie Club, Hustle and Flow. Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club. This is a show for Gen X hip hop fans who want to relive the glory days and reconsider classic and modern hip hop films from a current day perspective. Together we'll explore some of the larger societal issues raised in these films. Whether you have seen or not seen Hustle and Flow before, we'll help you decide if you should take the time to watch it now. Either way, you'll be a smarter hip-hop fan by the end of this episode. In the next 30 minutes or so, you'll get to all this and more. We're three old heads who put their old heads together to vibe on these films for you. I'm Dino Wright, podcaster, filmmaker, longtime hip-hop fan, and I saw A Tribe Called Quest for the first time at Lollapalooza in 1994, along with the Beastie Boys. I'm JB, 80s and 90s nostalgia junkie, longtime hip-hop fan, and I like to rap this refrain. It's the capital S-U-S impression, double O-P, D-O-double-G-Y-D-O-double-G, you see. I'm Big DJ, long-time hip-hop fan, and one of my favorite MCs, Redman. Yes, Reggie Noble is from my ward in North New Jersey. In this episode, we'll answer the question, just how hard is it out there for a pimp? Hustle and Flow is a 2005 musical drama about a Memphis hustler and pimp whose long-held desire to become a rapper is renewed. His internal struggles are on full display as he tries to add his flow to his tumultuous hustle game. All right, let's dig right into Hustle and Flow. First question I have is, do you guys think this is a believable story? What do you think, Boogie? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think it is. I mean... You have, you know, somebody that's trying to make it and he's struggling and um, he's a pimp and he also sells, sells, um, sells drugs at the same time. So, I mean, like he said, he can hustle anything. So, while he's trying to do both of those, I mean, he has an epiphany and he's like, oh, you know what? I think I can rap. <laughs> I want to put that some rap. So, you know, I, I think that being in the right place at the right time. And being able to uh, bring those people together, I think, is, is pretty believable. I mean, like, we've seen, you know, drug dealers turn rappers all the time. And, I mean, we've seen, you know, pimps, I guess, in short, turn to, to rappers as well. I mean, he just happens to do both. <laughs> so I think in that sense is, is pretty, you know, believable. What do you think, Donna Wright? Hey, if successful crack dealers... <laughs> If crack dealers can be successful rappers, why not a pimp? Ice T was one, so there you go. I was going to say there, there, there have been other instances of pimps that become rappers, or the two professions <laughs> cross paths. Uh, when people talk about it, I don't know how true it is, but they like to think of themselves as pimps. Too Short was one as well. I don't know if he was traditionally uh, really a pimp. There's mixed uh, theories about that or not, but yeah, definitely a believable story. Uh, you you got your grind, and uh, the two can be somewhat related. So we want to transferable uh, skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the main character is DJ, played by Terrence Howard, who is the pimp who has hustle and adding the flow. Uh, what would you say was his most endearing quality? What made him who he was? Boogie, you want to kick us off on that one? Sure. I think 
I mean, DJ's persistent. I mean, the, the guy knows how to quote unquote hustle. Um, he's a survivor. He knows how to go out there and make money. He knows how to make those ends meet um, by any means necessary. I mean, he's not necessarily a ruthless type guy, but he's pretty quick on his feet when it comes to to, to being resourceful. I mean, he's got a bit of a heart too. You can see that he has, he does have a bit of a heart. He's not he's not a ruthless guy. Like he's not quote unquote a bad guy. I mean, he does some bad things, but he's not a bad guy. <laughs> for me, like he he had the gift of gab. He's a leader. He was charismatic, and you can see the the ladies kind of followed what what he was. They, they kind of bought into what, what he was trying to do. And as he's trying to build his profession in the rap game, you know, he, he had their loyalty. Again, the gift of Gab, I love the little dialogue. This was one thing I really liked throughout the movie. Like there were a lot of quotable pieces in here. Like everybody got to have a dream. <laughs> and even the soliloquy in the very beginning, comparing men to dogs and, you know, not men, but mankind. And <laughs> it really, really was catchy. I really like that. Yeah. What are your thoughts there, Donna Wright? Yeah, he's sort of at a heart of gold. He wasn't completely pure of heart, but I think most of the time his heart was in the right place. And uh, he was really persistent. I mean, you can't really be a successful rapper without some persistence. So, again, transferable skills. That's true. I mean, he was a little bit abusive, like slightly yeah. physical and verbal abusive, which... It's difficult to see, but you know he is his upbringing. Not to justify it, but again, his heart was was in the right place. Yeah, you kind of root. You're rooting for him to be successful. You know, you want you want you want the the him to put down some good tracks and make a nice demo, and you want to see where it, where it'll take him. And then, like, even when he's going off, finally at the end. To go meet with Skinny Black, you're like, all right, please let this kick off the way the way it's supposed to happen. And the rooting for him. Yep. Yeah, you're rooting for him to get out of the situation, and yeah, the rap game is the way to get out for him. Right. Yeah, there were some intense scenes in this movie. I'll I'll kick it off with like talking about a, a one or so, one or two, and then we can kind of share thoughts about that. One was like when DJ pimps out Nola to get the new microphone and they were cash strapped and he kind of sold her body to the, 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 I guess the audio store guy. And she snaps at him and she was humiliated and she was very upset about it. And she was like, kind of had enough. She, she, she reached her peak of what she could go through. And that was a pretty intense scene. And I think he kind of said, I'll, I'll do something for you. and We'll get you in front of the microphone and have you be a part of this. That was intense. Boogie, what other like intense scenes were there in this film? Yeah, that, I mean, just, just piggyback off of that scene with Nola, man. I mean, he was trying to calm her down. There was one line, there was a, one line that she said in that, in that exchange that really stuck with me. She looked and she said, D. I know when you're messing with my head because I let you. 
Because sometimes my head needs to be messed with. But right now, just don't, okay? It's like, wow. It's like she. That was very good. It's like she let him know, like, listen, like, you're not as sharp as you think you are. Yeah. You you say things, I listen to you, but I also let things happen, not because of what you said, but because in my head, I'm trying to find a way to escape what's going on or escape reality. I was like, wow. Yeah. He's not so slick. <laughs> yeah, you're not as slick as you think you are. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah that but um also um there was one scene that really um it was uh it was very intense. It was when um Lex, who was also living in the house at one time, who was she was actually working as a stripper, but she was giving her, her money to DJ as her pimp. And there's one part where she, her, and the two of them really get into it, and he ends up putting her out with her son. And I was just like, "Wow!" I mean, I thought he was going to like kind of change his mind, like, "All right, you know, I just wanted to teach you a lesson." But now he really left them out there. And you see, um, Suge and and Nola, you know, they're kind of they're like very upset and they're like crying. But you know, neither one of them, you know, dared intervene, of course. But you can see the hurt on their faces as well because they kind of had like a, it was like a, they had like a symbiotic relationship. Everybody kind of played a part. You know, when Lex was out, you know, you know, Sugar would watch his son and you know, vice versa. And then Nola would, you know, chip in here and there. So they all kind of worked together and to see like, you know, Lex get put out was, was very, was very hard to watch. And I think one of the other scenes was that, that was really intense was at the end with uh, DJ finally going to meet Skinny Black and things not working out um, necessarily the way that he, he thought they would. And Skinny Black, in turn, didn't even listen to his demo and just kind of chucked it in the toilet. <laughs> and and DJ begins to um, snap because uh, Skinny Black is a little drunk and he's kind of provoking him with that drunkenness. But DJ goes all in on him and just starts beating on him mercilessly. And I was like, wow, that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> John, write anything? Any other intense scenes that you noted? Well, the the one we haven't mentioned yet is the actual writing session that turned into whoop that trick. Oh, yeah. As a musician, I appreciate the process of creating music, and uh, I really appreciated the DIY nature of having a stack of drink holders, <laughs> making that the the soundproofing and the Panios pop filter. It actually works, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Audio producers out there with uh, low budgets, get yourself some pantyhose with runs in it. And working out the beat on the NPC, that's real. Yeah. They, they let the beat build. Yeah, they whooped that track. That was that was a jam. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie or just want to see like that scene, look that up on YouTube, how they created that whoop, that trick. Cause you were nodding your head to that and like really pulled you in. I saw, I mean, Shug, you mentioned Shug. She was a pregnant woman. She was a great actress. You could see her continual despair with her pregnancy and the conditions she was living in and trying to break out. She wanted more out of her life. Yeah. Um, and Boogie, you mentioned a confrontation with Skinny Black. When they first, when he feeds, first meets up with Skinny Black, played by Ludacris, Ludacris just looks right past him, starts talking to other guys, and like he doesn't even remember him from back in the day when they used to kind of 
know each other from growing up in the same area and, and listening to the demo tapes. But also, yeah, he the fit of rage because DJ nearly beats him to death uh, after he finds his tape in the toilet. And then the climax is that, you know, the member of a Black's entourage comes in, pulls out his gun, and it just chaos ensues. He shoots him and then escapes and et cetera, et cetera. Very intense scenes. Really well done. Great cinematography. And even that scene with the exchange between DJ and Skinny Black and Skinny Black's entourage as he leaves, that actually that leads into another intense scene. Uh, once DJ arrives home, and the police are just waiting at his home home for him, and um, trying to place him under arrest, and witnesses from the club are there and they're kind of pointing at him, you know, fingering him like there he goes right there. And as the, the the police are putting him in cuffs, and you see Suge, you know, pregnant Suge breaking down, and Nola's crying and trying to figure out what to do, and one of one of Skinny Black's guys assaults DJ while he's in handcuffs and everybody's trying to break it up. That was just, that was a tough scene right there as well. It definitely was. Um, when the cops, he was handcuffed. What, what I like is that, you know, he's handcuffed. He actually puts Nola in charge of the music. He's shouting, you know, you're in charge now. And in fact, DJ, I'm, I'm sorry, Nola is my favorite character besides DJ. And I'll ask you guys the same, who's your favorite character? Because you could tell that she had a desire for something greater. And it's kind of refreshing to see that she learned how to hustle from observing DJ. She kind of absorbed it. And when he is imprisoned, she pounded the pavement and got a song on the hit radio station. So I loved her determination. Even though she didn't seemingly have a great education, became she became street smart and Persistent, just like DJ. Who was your uh, Boogie, Who was your favorite character besides DJ, and why? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, I, I have a c combo. It's like I like I like um, Suge, and I, I, Nola was definitely she was a real one. I mean, as far as like you said, she ran. She took that she was in charge, and she ran with it. I mean, I love how um, when Key Key goes to visit DJ. And he's kind of breaking it down for him. He's like, "Yo, man, I, she was so she she was you know he was telling him the story, but kind of breaking it down and then showing a the picture as she's getting out of the car and she's going into the radio station and she's repeating that whole soliloquy with dog and man to one to the radio DJ and then she comes out and she gets in the car and then like a few minutes later she turns few seconds later she turns on the radio goes to the station and then the DJ immediately is putting the song on. I was like, wow. <laughs> But um, so yeah, like you said, you know, just the fact that she was able to absorb and learn from her situation, so that she can get out of it herself. Because yeah, I mean, the fact that if DJ makes it big, I mean, yeah, that, that's a chance for her to use that as an escape route as well. But I also, I love Shook's character as well, and I love the way she was portrayed. I mean, she's here. You have, you know. There's a, she's pregnant. You could tell that she was also one of DJ's prostitutes. And they hit at the fact that a couple of times that she doesn't even know who the baby's father is. But you could also tell that her and DJ had a connection at some point. Um, there is definitely a real connection between the two of them. And you see that come out 
in the end, as DJ's getting ready to go off to meet Skinny Black, he immediately rushes back in and he, he kisses her. And you could tell that there's real love and affection there. But she, I love the way when they see it's hard out there for a pimp. I love the way she's trying to to sing the chorus and he's like, they tell her to push it out, push it, push it, get it out, get it out. And then finally she throws some, some soul on it and finally gets it out. And then her face, um, when they finally play it back, you see how her face just lights up. She's like, Oh my God, that's me. That's me. I, I can't believe that's the way I sound. And then, you know, how she was even appreciative. Like at the end, she's like, you know, I really appreciate, appreciate, you know, you putting me on, on your songs and letting me sing like that. Like you didn't have to, but I really appreciated it. But it was something, it was something endearing about her character that I just really, really love. So yeah, I would definitely say those, those two. Played by the great Taraji P. Henson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not right. Did you have a favorite character besides DJ? Besides DJ? I enjoyed Shelby. <laughs> of course, the musician in me was like, yeah, I'm down with the musician. Uh, DJ Qualls uh, is so good as Garth in Supernatural. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the sort of side character demon hunters. But uh, I enjoyed uh, DJ Qualls in this as Shelby. DJ Qualls like a skinny nerdy looking type fella and you know, he's got the skills DJing. Uh, I remember him vividly from the movie road trip, which was one of those, yes. I think nineties comedies, just goofball comedies. And ironically talking about hip hop, we're hip hop movie club. There was a remember, there's a memorable scene in that when he starts dancing to um, it's tricky. So if you look that up, look up It's Tricky DJ Qualls, and maybe we could put that in the show notes. Uh, it's pretty funny. This little skinny white dude, like yeah, stick skinny, like like 90 pounds soaking wet, and uh, he gets some some street cred, so to speak, from busting out to It's Tricky by Run DMC. Yeah, I like how that movie had when, he's, when they're all leaving the house. He's giving dap to everybody. <laughs> Everybody knew him on the way out. <laughs> like he's the skinniest dude. <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. Everybody knew him. But I like that him and that, and I also liked him in the new guy too. That was a wacky movie, but he was funny in that. Yes, yeah, so back in, in Hustle and Flow, it was funny when um, I think they were like smoking a joint or something, and he he got he was cracking me up with it. the dialogue between these guys was was pretty funny in this movie. Yeah, he got real deep. He yeah, deep. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I don't remember the exact quotes, but it was it was it was worth watching. That was funny. We didn't even touch on um, Key, the character Key, um, played by Anthony Anderson, who's been in a million a million things. So he was kind of like a straight edge guy, and his wife's on a straight and narrow, and but he had gone to school with DJ. But he was all about building up a studio, and, and they hooked up. So he was trying to balance, you know, kind of navigating his time in the recording studio, 
having to deal with DJ and the prostitutes and justifying that with his wife, Yvette, who was really straight edge. Yeah. That was an interesting dynamic. She wasn't happy at all about that. <laughs> Hanging on the house, house with a bunch of prostitutes. I mean, justifiably so. I mean, granted, he wasn't, he wasn't even tempted in the least bit. He was all about just doing the music. <laughs> it was all optics. The optics weren't working in his favor. Right. Yeah. There was a funny quote that I, I recorded from a Key's dialogue. Anthony Anderson's character he said, he said, there's two types of people, those that talk the talk and those that walk the walk. People who walk the walk sometimes talk the talk, but most times they don't talk at all because they walk in. Now, people who talk the talk, when it comes time for them to walk the walk, you know what they do? They talk like they talk people like me into walking for them. I was just like, what? My head was spinning, but it made a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> it did eventually make sense. <laughs> it did make sense. Yeah. yeah, I was cracking up with that. So back to Nola's character. That she's played by Taryn Manning. Where have we seen her before, Boogie? You recall? Yeah, I remember her. She be be Rabbit's uh, ex girlfriend at Eight Miles, Janine. Yep. Yep. It was funny because I I looked at her and I said, like, "Wait a minute, I know her from somewhere," and I could I couldn't put my finger on it. And my mom was like, "Yeah, she's an eight mile." I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go." Yeah. And researching, she's been in a lot of things. She was in Orange Is the New Black, which was a popular Netflix series for many yeah. years. Now DJ's rapping style, like I said, he was he was good. He those tracks that he put out were really catchy. Whose style do you think he was most similar to? Is there another rapper out there that you're like, kind of sounds like this? I'm getting this type of vibe from. What do you guys think? You know, I was, I was going, I kept going back and forth on that one. I was trying to figure out who kind of reminded me of. I think with that, like, whoop that trick, the chorus was kind of like, Lil John and Eastside Boys almost, that chorus. But I think his flow, um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of T.I., a little bit of Too Short. You could definitely, I mean, I would never compare, compare to anyone in the, in the Northeast, so, but I would definitely think he, he's got that, that typical Southern draw. I'm trying to think, maybe Slim Thug, maybe a little too. Yeah, I listed Too Short as one that I compared him to, or maybe a little bit of Master P. Um, okay. And then he had a little bit of that gruff sound, like DMX, not to that extreme, but the way he came out with that whoop, that trick, it was kind of like the yeah. cadence of it, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Because it was in your face. Yeah. 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 So I was thinking a combination of like DMX, Master P, and Too Short. Donna Wright, any other comparisons? I probably, I agree on, totally on the Southern rapper thing. I think it was definitely mm -hmm. some kind of Southern rapper, like archetype. And it was, yeah. I thought there was a little bit of ludicrous in it, not much. And like, like one, like whiff of Tupac. It was not <laughs> like the subject matter was not the same, but I think there was something in the lyrical delivery. Something, there was something in there. I was like, I thought I've heard this in Tupac. Maybe. 
But yeah, I would agree that there's a southern, at least a southern rapper thing that's going on. Yeah, it makes sense. Memphis is where it takes place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were joking before <laughs> the way Terrence Howard says, man, man. Stop playing man. Stop playing man. <laughs> it was great. Every time he would say that, I was just chuckling to myself. Now, Terrence Howard uh, has had an interesting career. One of his first roles was in Dead Presidents, which we haven't even reviewed yet. Maybe we will add that to our list. He was in Mr. Holland's Opus, Crash, Ray with Jamie Foxx, and a ton of things. And then he was the Colonel James Rhodes in the first of the newer Iron Man movies from 2008 in the MCU. What were some of the other highlights from Terrence Howard's career? And any other comments on some of these roles? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a very versatile actor. I mean, the only thing that, that draws me crazy is when is the main because he can't shake it. <laughs> other, than that, other than that, I think he's a he's a very good actor. I mean, like I, I love him in the Best Man movie franchise, Best Man, Best Man Holiday, and the, the um, continuing series of um, Best Man Final Chapters. He is a very great actor. I mean, he gives you. All the emotions. They'll make you crack up. He'll make you want to want to choke him. He gets real serious, and he he shows that be um, loyal in those as well. And I think another role that I loved him in also was Pride. He I can't remember the the character, but Pride is a, a story of a local swim team from Philadelphia. They they start off in one of the, the recreation centers that they're that they're supposed to close down but he ends up taking to some of the local kids in the area and creating a swim team and they actually go out and compete and become extremely successful and it's a very good movie and i think that his portrayal in that movie was excellent that's one of my favorite movies i watched that probably a couple times in the last few weeks <laughs> But yeah, I think he's a good actor. He's great. I mean, I don't, I don't quite know all of the ins and outs of what happened with him with that MCU deal, playing Rhodey Rhodes in um, the Iron Man and also the current movies. But yeah, that was that was a, that was a sucky move. Whatever happened <laughs> on either end, because he could have he could have delivered. I understand it was a money problem. Or yeah, wanted more money. Yeah, we we discussed that. My son's huge into the MCU, and we're always like, man, this could have been Terrence Howard, but he was replaced by Don Cheadle in the sequels for Iron Man, and Don Cheadle's a great actor in his own right. Oh, yeah. He became, you know, Rhodey and then War Machine and so many other roles. But, yeah, it's interesting how that didn't pan out for Terrence Howard. But, yeah, money is at the root of a lot of you know, arguments or discussions here. but And we can't forget, they spend all that time reunited with Taraji P. Henson in Empire, which I've never seen, but I understand it's great. Yeah. So, yeah. He's five also years, five seasons. Yes, he is. Well, 
we're gonna we're gonna review it next. <laughs> That's next. Yep. But Terrence Howard was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor for his role as DJ. And you remember, it's hard out here for a pimp. Won the award for one of the awards for best song, best original song, original song. Yeah, by Three Six Mafia, right? Is that it? Or... Ding 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 yep. ding. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about the soundtrack a little bit. The songs by Terrence Howard as DJ are on here, which is great. Hard out here for a pimp. Who else appears on the soundtrack? Juvenile, E forty, Eight Ball, Ti that you mentioned. Yep, Crappy. Yep, Webby Boozy Badass. Yeah, we got the We in Charge skit <laughs> and, the, and the Bum Guy skit. So. Arnell was like the restaurant slash club owner played by um, Isaac Hayes, late Isaac Hayes. Yep. It's always good to see him on film. Absolutely. Yeah. True legend. Legend in the game. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Who else? Uh, so we mentioned Ludacris plays Skinny Black. <laughs> I just love the name Skinny Black. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. let me give you two adjectives to describe this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's skinny and he's black yeah. done well, early done and did this precede the Fast and the Furious franchise I'm not sure but uh, this was in 2005 I don't know when that started but no he was in Too Fast Too Furious okay so he so, was in that one at least yeah okay. so yeah Too Fast Too Furious was 2003 mm-hmm. and this was 2005 so gotcha I mean it's not the <laughs> We're up to what now? 56 of these uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious movies? There's at least 10. Basically got yeah. on the ground yeah. floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this, one, another good song that I, that I love, though, on this track was was also done by DJ was that, that Hustle and Flow song. I like that one. I'm trying to think of the chorus, but should sing the chorus on that one as well. The one he he had um that's the one where he had Nola kiss the mic before he performed it. When um oh, yeah. Yvette came over with the sandwiches. Yes. That song. Oh, I love that song too. It's mellow. I could ride I I could cruise in that song listening to that song. <laughs> yeah, sadly Isaac Hayes uh died a few years after this film. This film was from 2005. He died in 2008. Yeah. At age 65. Didn't realize he was gone that long. Yeah. Wow. He was the chef on South Park, too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that been around. That was That was. That was, right? He had a storied career in music and film, and uh, he brought it back there. He's one of the greats right there. All right, you guys want to go around and do our ratings for the film, Hustle and Flow? All right. Boogie, bring that funky flick back. Bring that funky flick back. Or leave it in the vault. Bring that funky flick back. Donna Ray? Bring that funky flick back. Myself? Whoop that trick. I mean, 
<laughs> bring that funky flick back. <laughs> this was very entertaining. Uh, musical. It had uh, drama, intensity, violence, music, hip-hop. This checked all the boxes. Yeah. Bring it back. It's one you should see. This is definitely worth watching. Yep. <laughs> this probably was rated well in Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see. 82% tomato meter and 83% audience score. A lot of times those two don't really jive. Sometimes the audience likes it much more than the, the critics and or vice versa. But yeah, this is loved by many. We're all in agreement. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a perfect film, but it's definitely enjoyable, definitely entertaining. It'll give you all of the emotions. And this was John Singleton, right? He was the producer, I think. Produced it. Okay. One of them, let's see. Who directed Craig it? Brewer. Brewer, that's that's a... written and directed by Craig Brewer, yeah. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHNCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. B Music by Boogie. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHNCs review Get Rich or Die Trying. Subscribe now in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to you listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, don't hate. Illuminate. Illuminate. Light it up. Join us on Thursday, January 25th at Steel Stacks in Bethlehem, PA at 7 p.m. for a special screening of hip-hop's first film, Wild Style, which will also include a Q&A panel discussion with the director, Charlie Ahern, Grandmaster Kaz of the Cold Crush Brothers, and Grand Mixer DXT. After the screening, stay for a special performance by the legendary DXT and the Cold Crush Brothers. Your HHMC's JB, Boogie, and me, Dino Wright, will be there, so come through! Free tickets are available at steelstacks.org. This event is brought to you by 50 Years Down the Line, Northampton Community College, and ArtsQuest.